You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. We hit a point in the shack when we're going to, we have to shift gears just a little bit because Everything that God was going to do, at least captured in this movie, has now been done. So when you, when you start looking at the notes that I gave you on that page that starts with the number 11, uh, this says, the great question now comes, will that which has been seen, that which has been heard, that which has been touched, be allowed to bring healing from the great sadness? This is true in every situation. I haven't found a situation yet, and I know those, those days might come. When sitting down with somebody, no matter how complex the story, and sometimes they are tremendously complex, trying to let, and waiting on the Holy Spirit to unravel, waiting for perceptions of God to change, Waiting, waiting for hope to rise in people. Every one of those things that God is very, very willing to do and very patiently does. And if any of you have sat through that with me, you know, in my office or wherever we happen to be meeting, we realize that God does a tremendous amount of work, brings great revelation, great clarity. But the big question always is, after God does what he does to bring us to this point, this question of healing, the, the, the question still persists. Will we let everything he's done make any difference? Because, it, and we are sitting here at this point. We looked last week at all the things that God had done, how God had changed. Mackenzie's view of God, how he had brought healing from past hurt. How he, had, yeah, how he had restored hope that maybe something could actually be done. How, how they brought him to the place where they understood this battlefield that was actually his mind. Everything that happened, his time in the cave with wisdom where, where God had to do with his being judgmental and how, he, and how God had to bring him to the place where he could understand that God also loved the man who had done this devious thing. So in the movie, represented in the movie, we recognize that God, the Father, is Papa. Jesus, the Holy Spirit, had all done tremendous things to bring Mackenzie to the point where healing became an option, not a forced outcome. We have to recognize that when we're ministering to people that God's going to bring them to that point where it's an option and never a forced outcome. And as much as we want to invest in this, when we recognize that all the revelations came by God, the truth was sent by God, the opportunities were, were placed in our hands by God, then it helps me realize I don't have to take ownership because the minute I own it, what's the other person going to feel? Yeah, judgment or pressure. You know, look at all that God's done. Look at how far God's brought us. 
It's like there can never, that, that moment right here. When, when God has shown somebody what their false identity is, when God has brought revelation about past events and, and God is ready to bring healing in a broken relationship, he's always creating a gift that they can receive not, and there will be no force in it. I have to remember that because when you have spent time with someone and you have invested hours and hours and days and days and week after week meeting with somebody and God's brought this and realized that I cannot own a minute of this. This is God's doing. He has to finish the work. He, ha- he has all the patience that anybody would need. He's, he's, he won't grow anxious in the fact that when you finish a day and the question mark is still there, when you're waiting for the aha moment and the question mark is still there, he will not grow anxious, nor should we. This is almost impossible. And we talked about this last Sunday morning. This is almost impossible if we invest heavily in the what and forget the who. But when God shows us the who, we grow amazingly patient with him. Realizing we've got a person here sitting in front of us that has dealt with a lifetime of hurt and brokenness and fear and anxiety and pressure and all that they have. And God has been diligent in the unfolding and unpackaging of all that hurt. And I can't grow anxious here in the last moment wishing that it would happen faster than what God will actually do. Remember, it's his work. It's been his work up to this point to bring McKenzie to this place. It has to be God who finishes it. So there's now been a full and new understanding of God in McKenzie's life. And I hope that's occurred in yours, not only by the movie, but by, by one-on-one visits, by Bible studies, by coming to church, wherever it happened to be. I hope that over the course of years or months or even days that you have begun to understand God differently, perhaps than you've ever seen him before. That he's alive, that he's well, that he's powerful, that he loves you, that he's funny. And again, I, I, I mentioned Graham Cook this morning in the conference that's going to be in Lubbock on October the 3rd through the 6th at the Civic Center where Graham Cook will be speaking. And one of the things I love about him in his testimony is he he just mentions, he said, you know, sometimes when things are quiet, God will ask me, hey, Gray, you want to hear a joke? And God tells him jokes. I I, I told Sunday school this morning, I, I, I want to know God that way. I do think sometimes when God looks at me, he laughs, but that's not exactly the joke that I want him to tell me. Mackenzie now has a new and better understanding of himself. However, will that become healing? Will he allow that to become restoration? Will that become a future no longer detailed or defined by the past? That's the question. When I start the video here in just a second, I'm not going to stop it. Some of these moments, I just can't interrupt. 
through some of it, it was okay to stop and start and have comments. When this one starts, I can't stop it. So, before I hit play, before we get there, uh, I want to ask what you believe Mac faces as he enters this second cave. We're coming to that scene. We're coming to the scene now that he's understood a bit better forgiveness and why it's necessary to forgive the person who has done this to him, done this to his family, but especially to his daughter. He's had that encounter with Papa up on the trail. That's where we were last week. And now he's approaching this cave. What does that cave represent? Not only to him, but to us. What is it that he is facing? Now, I've I put down a few things, but I want you to consider and think if there are other things that you could think of that, that, that he's facing. First of all, I think he faces his doubt, but he's now equipped with the assurance that, the encount- that, that this, all of this encounter brings. Do you still think there's some questions as he's going in? I don't think there's any way that you could humanly not approach that with some doubt or some uncertainty. But now, what's he equipped with? He's equipped with this moment when he's sitting around the table. He's equipped with the moment when he's folding this bread with Papa. He's equipped with the conversations at the table. He's equipped with the moment in the boat, the moment in the, the, moment in the cave. Every encounter has equipped him, even though doubt is still present. He faces his great sadness but now equipped with a very present father with whom he is no longer angry. So is he going in? Yes, he is. But, what, but what's, the great, what's his greatest comfort? He's going in with the father. And it happens to be a father now that he's not angry at anymore. He can go in with the confidence that, this, that, his, that his heavenly father is going in with him. He has the assurance of, I am not alone. He faces his great anger, but now he's equipped with a heart that is forgiveness, and that forgiveness is rising in him. It's not, it's not going down, it's not steady, it's rising in him. He faces his own guilt, but he's now equipped with no condemnation and grace that comes when we see his face as he looks into ours. So what else do you think just from watching the movie, finding ourselves in this point, what does he face as he enters this second cave? Yes, ma'am. Well, first, uh, last week, um, he said, this is not going to be easy for you. And he said, please don't. So it's, at least I'm thinking more than likely having something to do with what actually happened. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that and, and you're right. That's kind of that's kind of what I was inferring when he said he has he has to face his great sadness. All all the the, the big hurt that this movie has been about. When he goes in that cave, the reality of it's going to be very different than it's ever been before. He is really facing a new reality. He's equipped with a new truth. But the reality of what he's, what he's facing is going to be very, very different. 
I don't know how to explain this really well to someone who comes into my office who's really searching and seeking and wanting their life to be different. But I do my best to, to describe to them that this is not going to be, not every moment of this is going to be easy. Because when you start reflecting and letting the Holy Spirit bring truth and, you're, and stuff's coming out of your mouth about you that you've worked real hard to never say. You've worked real hard to never have to cope with or never have to deal with or never have to acknowledge because we buried it so deeply. But now we're in that moment where we find ourselves strangely somewhat in this moment because we're having to encounter stuff that was buried deep. So Mackenzie is facing this second cave now where in the first one he had to deal with judgment. Now he's got to deal with the anger he feels, the resentment that he feels, all those other things that are listed here and more. So here, here's where this is going to go. We pro- after this one, I think we have two more sessions, one next week and one the week after that. What do you see when you watch that? What catches your attention? Yeah, forgiveness. Because he couldn't have come here without it. He could not have come to this place of healing if that forgiveness wasn't wasn't there. Peace. Sorry? Peace. Peace. And again, if you take out any step, any moment before this, the peace would not have been there. He would have still been angry at God. He would have still been frustrated at himself. He would have still misunderstood the heart of God. Something would have still been off. And the peace would have still been elusive had any of those previous things not been done. What else? There's nothing hindering his relationship with God. Yeah. Yeah, every obstacle's been removed. And we get to see this next week in that next scene as as that, that question unfolds. No obstacles anymore. No restrictions. All the past hurt. It's gone. To get... Yeah. Yeah. I love that particular scene because Jesus takes her and the Holy Spirit comforts. It It was just one of those small moments in the movie, but... He surrendered her to Jesus and immediately the Holy Spirit was there to bring the comfort. There just wasn't a moment when, and I, you know, in that same thought, there were so many times when, and if you kind of have to be watching for it or just notice it, but there were so many times when Mackenzie was going through these actions that, either Papa in the cave or here in these situations at the, at, at, at the burial site, if you'll watch where Papa's eyes are or the Holy Spirit's eyes are or Jesus' eyes are, they're on Mackenzie. They're not on the action that's going on. They're watching him. And I noticed how many times that their eyes are fixed on him. It's a small detail 
But there wasn't, in all of this, who were they concerned about? About Mackenzie. And that's why the attention, that's why they, again, that small detail of them watching him when he's in the cave and he steps through that first set of rocks. I mean, he takes that first step and, and Papa's eyes are right on him. They're not on, not on her. They're not on, the, on Missy, they're on him. Watching that moment, how he's handling that moment. One of the things that's yet to see, but we know it's coming, we see the, we see the beginning steps of it here, is that Mackenzie's now free. He's not running in that freedom yet. He's not moving quickly in that freedom yet. But Mackenzie, at this point, by the time that that tree grows and the butterfly comes and kind of touches his face, and that smile, that brief smile in that moment, Mackenzie's free. I, I, I don't want to embarrass you, Kathy, but I got a, I, I got a text from, from Kathy the other day because we had been talking about how God would show up in her story. She was delivered last week. And, yeah, and how God would make that evident to her. And she sent me a text and she said, I'm whistling. Huge difference is it almost as small, as small as the smile was. But when you recognize that when they're, they're going to be, there's going to be evidence of that freedom and it might just be in the fact that you hadn't whistled in a long time and all of a sudden you realize that you're going about what you're doing whistling. When I came in a while ago, I didn't think about it, I was whistling and I looked at her, it's like, Yeah. Because freedom looks like that. And Mackenzie's smile was the first indication that something had happened and he was free. And you know that that's, that, was, that was the first, absolutely the first of many. I put here at, at the shed, door opens is what, what Randy mentioned. We find so many who are mentally and emotionally challenged by this moment as seen in the movie and such true life moments as we see each day. It is terribly, strangely difficult sometimes for people to hand stuff off to Jesus. Why, like, why would it be? I wrote here, very often someone at the point of deliverance and true life change will struggle and only consider surrender to protect the old hurt. It's, it's really amazing because... When you, when you just look at it almost pragmatically, it's like if I've been in bondage and somebody opens the door, why wouldn't I run? Well, what, you know, what if that person has been in that room, in that bondage forever, and that's familiar? They don't even know what freedom looks like. They don't know what it tastes like. They don't even know what it's, what's going to be out there. The only thing that draws them out is the person on the other side because you sure don't know what's going to happen out there because you've never experienced it before. Yeah, Max's vision this morning. To be surrounded by light and still stand behind a prison door that's not locked. Receiving just 
the rations for the day instead of the full provision of the light that's been made available. This is, this is what I've said from the beginning that I loved about the movie. Because the tragedy is getting worse as the movie goes. It's building to this moment. But while that's happening, the healing is going like this. It's just one set against the other. It's like because he's now facing the most awful moment, the best prepared. So I, that was what caught my attention about this is that he's in that worst moment right here and the best prepared for the moment because all that God had done that was, that was bringing him out of his brokenness, bringing him out of his bitterness, bringing him out of his anger, everything that God was doing, this building, this step by step was going to have to match the depth of the hurt that he faces right there. And what we find is that what God had done was far more adequate than we could have ever imagined when we see it unfold. They've never known their life without at least in part being defined in, in our current life, but a, but a supreme struggle in our, I should say in our past life, but a supreme struggle in our current one. Many have never known their lives with it, without it and can't imagine the freedom that can come to us in our struggle. Jesus has taken our great brokenness as he took the child from Mac. He takes the hurt while leaving the Holy Spirit alone to comfort. So the great question now comes, will that which has been seen, that which has been heard, that which has been touched be allowed to bring healing from the great sadness in us? And especially to the, to the ones to whom we minister. There's now been a full and new understanding of God and a new and better understanding of himself, ourselves, however, will that become healing? If you're sitting here with brokenness, if you're sitting here with a part of, a, even a remnant of an old hurt, then God is asking us this same question. Will we let that which we have heard not only through these few weeks, but through months and months, years and years of teaching from Sunday school and, and vacation Bible school and sunbeams and all the things that we've ever heard about God and how he loves us. What we've heard and learned about the Holy Spirit and his power to move mightily through us about the love of God to the degree that he gave his only begotten son that he could prove that love and show that love to us, will all of that, past encounters, <clears throat> new encounters, will we let that bring us healing? It's still the question. Still the question. And my prayer is, as we said this morning, when Paul is saying, I didn't come to you with enticing words of, of man's wisdom, 
but it came with great demonstrations of power that we in, in our transformation, we are designed to be the walking demonstrations of power. That cannot happen if we're not willing to receive what God is offering, this gift of freedom. If I'm standing in bondage behind this door when freedom is on the other side and the door is not locked between us, then, I'm, then my life won't be much of a demonstration of the great power of God. There's a video on, uh, on one of the news deals on, on, that I looked at earlier today, and the caption was that uh, in one of these national parks, the forest rangers and others can't figure out why this deer is acting the way it is. And a camera that they put up to kind of track these animals, this one deer standing by itself is just lost its mind. It's just jumping for joy. It just spins and jumps and jumps again and stops and looks. And when it kind of looks around and starts jumping and bouncing and just spinning and it's like they can't figure out why this deer is acting like it. Well, I know why. They got delivered. Met the Holy Spirit. I mean, that's the only explanation I have for such behavior, but you can't stop it. I mean, it's, it's, it's funny to watch. It's like they've just never seen this behavior because it's not trying to, it doesn't look like it's trying to impress anybody. It's just out there. I, I, like it was born to dance and finally got away from everybody and it's like, I'm, I'm going to dance right here. And one time he's, this deer stops and looks at the camera and stands there for just a second, and I mean, here it goes again, just jumping and bouncing and kicking and spinning. And so, again, they can, they, they may wonder, I, I guess I could send in, I know what's happened, that, that, uh, that deer's experienced the power of God and he's free, or she's free. Will, it let, will you let it set you free? Now, and we started this with the full intention of us trying to understand how we too can be the ministers of this so that it's, it, there's no reason for it to be me. We're all equally equipped to bring this same deliverance and this same change into somebody else's life. We, we're made ready because we too can, put, can tell someone about this power of God, the love of God, the kindness of God, and his power to restore and heal. All of us are perfectly qualified to bring this type of healing and offer it to someone else. Next week, we will, we will start here where... God ask him, do you want to stay or do you want to go home? We'll talk about that section and then we'll talk about the section in the hospital because how do we know ultimately that Mackenzie's free? For those of you who have seen the movie, how do we know? What does God ask him to do? before he leaves, before he finds himself back in the hospital. What <clears throat> does God ask him to do? Free do what? Free, free his daughter. To free Kate. Because when he was perfectly equipped now, because when we see him next week sitting on the side of the bed, and that which he's received flows through him to somebody else, we know how thoroughly the story is complete.
So that'll be next week. The week after that, <clears throat> once again, we're going to start at five and watch the whole movie. And that's the way we'll end. It'll it takes two hours, so we'll go from five to, to about seven uh, to, watch the, to watch the whole movie two weeks from tonight. Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.